she's it's just it's yeah. these constant things that don't quite make sense it's like it, and that's where i think some of the other parts of the the gray area of whether or not this is satirical come into play because the, like even the intro like the 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 credits the opening credits has a very serious sincere thrilling kind of orchestral sound to it and this kind of uh this like shadow that eventually reveals a gun and everything like that so it feels like you're just about to get into a well yeah you know, I, a I read that it was thriller. saul bass who did that and alvin silvestri who's doing the score is very clearly mimicking like bernard herman uh, mm-hmm. the like hit like the hitchcock composer like there so there is meant mm-hmm. to be mm-hmm. kind of like a classy thriller in here somewhere in <laughs> right. terms of like the style and in terms of the fact that it's like it's a studio movie and which yes. it's it's crazy that this is like a pretty expensive studio movie and it's like the only way to watch it is either on HBO Max if you're in the United States where you're going to be watching a cropped version that doesn't have the the scope uh, aspect ratio or like me, you're going to hunt down the old DVD that's like a little bit worse quality. Mm-hmm. but did actually have the correct aspect ratio and like like how is there not like a like a night like a like a blu-ray release of this this is like such yeah. a good looking movie like mulcahy's going wild with the steady cams and we'll get into the some of the split diopter stuff that he's doing like it mm-hmm. has such a cool like slick grimy thriller aesthetic and when it gets wild and it gets into like the second half it's doing like full-on like de palma stuff and it's shot by the cinematographer actually speaking of stephen hopkins last week or right. two weeks ago yeah, uh, who did uh predator 2 uh, Peter mm-hmm. Peter Levy is the guy who who shot it and uh, but yeah it's just like it's it's a gorgeous little movie and like clearly there's some some traditional just lavish studio thriller you know uh, just like you know competent work being done it's very sturdy in that way yeah. but it's just also so ridiculous <laughs> yeah this <laughs> feels it, like i'm i'm surprised that this isn't more well known like it's only got 15k uh, log on letterboxd and i like you said it doesn't even have a blu-ray release or anything like that this feels like it would be something that like you know a dad would watch on a on spike tv or something or, or whatever the channel was growing up it, it feels like it belongs in the the con air kind of aspect like things you know and, it, and and I just don't. I don't understand. know if it's just too extreme or that's, or something see, that's, like yeah, that. Like, like, like that, that, has, that the, has to be it because like the early parts again, like when he's just making his way up to assistant DA and he's be, you know he's a loving father and husband now in like the the early nineties. Uh, you know he's living in the like wealthy wealthy neighborhood. He's making impassioned like rousing like courtroom prosecution cases. He's building mm-hmm. children's centers and most importantly, he's growing a six stash. Oh yeah, um, powerful stash. But. And 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 you're sitting there going that, you know, you know, this is this is meant to be a very charming, almost like sort of like drama where, you know, this guy who himself is very stylish and charming he and he and is so enough to kind of befriend all the white politicians and end up on the cover of People magazine and all this stuff. But they're, they they want to let let you know he's also still comfortable in his roots and like on the yes. streets and where he came from, like that scene where he's visiting iced. He's like drug empire in like the grimier, more graffiti covered pockets of, of LA and telling him, you know, no, no recruiting or dealing or fucking banging on my children's center, man. He's like, I know that, you know, these streets that I know that you're not going to change, but you got to yeah. give these kids a future, man. Like this is like, like this is, it's like, this is, there's such a, like a mm-hmm. studio drama in here. That's like just so, 
you know, <laughs> like someone would just watch like a John Grissom courtroom movie or something like that. And you would feel like, yeah, it would have like the D.A. who's v- so moral. He's willing to take his work to the streets and make his impassioned cases and, you know, like all this kind of stuff. But the details right. that make this what it is. <laughs> right are when he's like when when Denzel turns around to the drug dealers and he's like killing kids make your dicks hard punk motherfuckers you know <laughs> he wears out a grenade for some reason you're like where did the assistant take a grenade Dude, from the grenade was so fucking over the top he's like he's like I don't want you killing kids and what, what the funniest part of this is that when he's going up this uh, this this project where they're doing um they're selling the drugs and making the drugs he actually sees kids running around in the hall, which is the hint yeah. of like this, you know, these people are, uh, you know, they're damaging the youth and all of that. But then he is like, I'm going to blow up this entire fucking apartment building filled with kids if you don't stop selling drugs to kids. And that part like that was just that was one of the first really, really over the top ridiculous moments, because when he's going back and forth with Lithgow. Um, you know, it's ridiculous, but there's still a little bit of that. It's, it's like, you've seen this kind of stuff in an action movie before he's being macho, he's being cool, whatever. This is the stuff that's just way over the top in like a, this is where we're in the details. You're like, does this even really make sense with like the kind of movie that I'm watching? Like, it's just, it feels like, like the characters will just suddenly lurch in a direction like that. And, and the details are at first, like they kind of crop up in these weird moments like this, but then the whole movie becomes that way. And it creates a world where those moments actually make more sense because you're like, (laughs) I guess that is the only response to whatever the fuck is, is, is happening. I truly came into this movie. Like I've, I've heard, you know, that it's kind of stupid and it's over the top and all of that. But I, I I still came into this movie with more of a, I I thought it was going to be a little more grounded in its, in its thriller aspects and it's kind of cat and mouse game and all of that. Um, and then it just proves with scene after scene going more and more over the top that I was in for a ride I did not expect. And it, it was like, it was so much fun to honestly discover that. And they do kind of dish it out slowly, not slowly, but but it gets bigger and bigger as it goes on. So that it, feels it, it deliberate. It gets bigger as it goes on. I yeah. do love that with John Lithgow, it does kind of hit the ground running with it as it soon does. as we actually get to spend some time with him. Like, <laughs> like with all him, the while, yeah. you know, like, like all of this is happening on Denzel's side and we're jumping into the 1990s where he's having this very, you know, he's having this meteoric, meteoric like success uh, professionally. Mm-hmm. And Blake is sent to prison in the meantime and he's watching this success on TV and He's stewing in the hatred over how humiliated he was by this naked rookie cop and, you know, how his career.